What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans? It's your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Courtside Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And, of course, this is an all-Laker, all-Clipper, all-the-time podcast. And in this particular podcast, episode number 78, I'm going to speak on the latest loss last night that the L.A. Clippers endured at the hands of the Dallas Mavericks. Chris Dapps Przingis, are you serious? A lot of people thought this kid couldn't play anymore. Killing the Clippers in the last couple of days as they split with the Dallas Mavericks. And then also, I'm going to preview the game tonight that the Lakers will be having against the Indiana Pacers and also briefly talk about the, I'll call it the dust up in Detroit uh, with Isaiah Stewart of the Detroit Pistons and the King LeBron James of the L.A. Lakers. But first, let me touch on the L.A. Clippers and the way they've been playing lately. These last couple of games, of course, was against the Dallas Mavericks as they split both of these games at the Staples Center. The first game, Sunday, November 21st, the Clippers endured uh, or they got a victory over the Mavericks, 97-91, led by Paul George, of course, with 29 points. But the second game, Tuesday, November 23rd, they lost to Dallas in overtime, 112 to 104. And as I mentioned, in both of those games, Chris Stapps Porzingis, the forgotten guy. You know, I don't, I don't know why a lot of guys have forgotten this guy can play basketball, man. It, have, you, have you forgotten the way this guy was playing in New York? Many people thought he couldn't play anymore because he had a bad playoff series last year, and he did. Didn't play up to, uh, up to par. And then there was some talk about he and – uh, Luka Doncic not getting along or something like that. But this guy can still play. And in the game last night, again, he scored 30 points. They had no answer for him. Now the Clippers made that game really interesting, of course, with a Paul George three at the end of regulation to tie that basketball game up. But in overtime, of course, they was outscored by the Dallas Mavericks 9-1 and ended up losing 112-104. to so the Clippers have lost three out of their last four games. They lost last week against the Memphis Grizzlies at Memphis, 120-108. And then the inexplicable loss to New Orleans, the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, come on. Without Zion Williamson, 94-81. to Yes, it was at New Orleans, but there's no excuse in losing to the New Orleans Pelicans, who is not a very, very good basketball team whatsoever in that particular game i mean if you look at the stat line i mean it's it's embarrassing it is absolutely embarrassing reggie jackson for example 25 minutes two out of 11 from the field against the pelicans or three from beyond the arc four points total that's it again against the pelicans paul george eight out of 26 three out of 14 from beyond the arc it looks like, again, Paul George, he logs so many minutes and he does so many things for the Clippers. It seems like even, even at this early point in the season, he gets a little winded sometimes. I mean, the guy does everything. I mean, you can't even blame him, really. He gets winded. And one sure way to notice if a player is fatigued, let's say, is their three-point shooting. Unless you're Ben Simmons, of course. 
Of course, every episode I have to put a dig in on Ben Simmons, who refuses to shoot the ball from three. But I digress. Shooters such as Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, those type of guys, if you see their shots, their three-point shots are falling short, they're flat, they may, they may be being rushed, a lot of times it's fatigue. And Paul George, it may be suffering from that right now. Now, of course, he'll recover. This is, this is Paul George. I mean, this is one of the top dozen players in this game, or, or heck, some people may even think top 10, top eight. You know, he can be in that conversation. Now, he did add seven rebounds and six assists in that game against New Orleans. Uh, he scored 19 points, but again, from the field, he was not very good. 81 points. You know, the Clippers are, are you know, a very, very inconsistent basketball team, similar to the Lakers. They have a better record than the Lakers. They're 9-7 and seven right now, but in that game against New Orleans, they outscored the Pelicans in the first quarter, 29-16, and you're figuring, hell, this is New Orleans Pelicans, man. They're going to end up not necessarily blowing them out. It is a road trip that they're on. But in the second quarter, they, they played to a draw pretty much. And then in the third quarter, they played like, say, the Lakers have been playing lately and come, came out lackadaisical, got outscored 29-14 in the third quarter by New Orleans. And then in the fourth quarter, they got outscored 22-12. to 12. So in the second half altogether, they scored 26 points. And again, I emphasize against the New Orleans Pelicans. There's absolutely no excuse for that. None whatsoever. So there's another loss for you in that particular column for the Clippers. Now, in the game last night against the Dallas Mavericks that they lost 112 to 104, they played much better, of course, but still came out on the losing end of that game. Morris Sr., Sr., Sr. came back, 4 out of 12. At least he was in the starting lineup, 4 out of 12 for 10 points. He had five rebounds, but he turned the ball over four times. He looked very, very rusty out there. Now, this is a guy who the, the Clippers desperately need. I'm, I'm sure that Marcus Morris Sr. will round himself into shape. And he's going to be a very, very important cog in this Clippers machine moving forward, but he has to get out there. He has to get he has to get some reps. Simple as that. Serge Baca. He's another guy that has to get reps. That back injury that he has is very troublesome. He only he only played six minutes in this game against the Mavs. Only shot the ball once uh, and made it one free throw. So he's not back into uh, Baca's shape as yet. Uh, Avisha Zubac. He played okay, three out of five from the field, ten points. But the two big, you know, the two big guns for the Clippers in this game against Dallas that they lost. Now they rebounded and played pretty well. Reggie Jackson, specifically, forty-two minutes, twelve out of twenty-three from the field, three of eight from three-point land. Now this guy, I tell you what, man, he hits a lot of big shots. Reggie Jackson, it's it's really really impressive what he's done in his career and how he has turned his career around. Um, starting last year when the Clippers made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, and Reggie Jackson was a big reason why they did that. He makes some very, very, very important three-point shots. He also secured 10 rebounds in that game against Dallas, but again, it wasn't enough. Now, Paul George, 7 out of 23, you know, that's under 50%, of course, and only one of six from beyond the arc. So, again, he's now he's struggling a little bit from – 
shooting from beyond the arc. He did make 11 out of 12 free throws. But as usual, Paul George is not scoring. He does other things. Nine rebounds, six assists. And again, 26 points. But he, he, he logged 48 minutes. Again, God does it all, man. God does it all. He may be getting, you know, a little winded out there. The bench in this particular game really, really did not show up much at all. You had Coffee that came in. He played 24 minutes, two out of five from the field. Now, Coffee started uh, one of these previous couple of games for the Clippers. Now, it seems like Ty Lue is trying to figure some things out here as far as the starting lineup goes. Now, now that Marcus Morris is back in that starting lineup, maybe he can solidify that that uh, starting unit there and get some cohesion and some chemistry in there because you're not going to start Luke Kennard. You're not going to start Terrence Mann. You're not going to start Hartenstein. Ibaka, I don't believe, is going to start at all for this season. He's going to be a player that's just going to have to come off the bench. I'm not going to put Avisha Zubak on the bench because Ibaka is, has come back from injury because who knows whether he's going to ever be 100% again. Now, one thing Ibaka does, of course, is he stretches the floor a whole lot better than Zubak can. But Zubak can't, he can't stretch the floor at all. He's a, he's a guy who works in the paint, and he's pretty good at doing that. Ibaka can shoot the ball from the outside. But if I'm Ty Lue, I'm keeping Visha Zubak in that starting lineup. Hartenstein is a guy who's been playing well uh, throughout the year so far. Uh, in this particular game against Dallas, he was only 2 of 4, which is 50%. That's, not, that's pretty good, but he only played 11 minutes in this game. Maybe he should have gotten a little bit more playing time to try and stop Mr. Chris Stapps, Porzingis. 30 points. Are you serious, Chris Stapps? Now, I'm a Chris Stapps fan, but I mean, come on. Come on, Clippers. In those two games against Dallas, I believe in the first one, he scored like 28 or something like that. And in this one, he scored 40 points. Nine out of 16 from the field. Seven rebounds. This guy can play, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand all the vitriol that NBA fans, not saying that the Dallas fans don't like him, I read a whole lot of Twitter posts of uh, um, fans across the country saying Porzingis is through. It's not that good. Get rid- they should get rid of him. A lot of teams would pick up Chris Stapps in a, min- in a minute if he was on a trading block. Luka Doncic, 41 minutes. He was doing Luka things. 9 out of 21. 4 of 11 from beyond the arc. And he and Terrence Mann, you know, they had words again. You know, this goes all the way back to, I believe, last year in the preseason where something happened between them two. They got into a little scuffle or something like that, just something minor. And Luka Doncic is one of those players that can, you know, get under your skin. You know, he, he's one of those type of guys that you, if you can get away with it, you know, would, would like to throw a little left hook at the guy. You know, he gets in your face, he's smiling, he's giggling, he's laughing. In the meantime, he's torching you for 40 points on occasion. But in this game... You know, he did Luka, he did Luka Doncic's things. Nine rebounds, nine assists, 26 points. He's a top 10 player, bar none. Bar none. And every time the Clippers play the Dallas Mavericks, Doncic does some serious, serious damage. So as far as the Clippers are concerned, again, they're 10-8, they're, they're and, and they're just not as consistent as they would like to be. And you can't really... You know, blame it all on – it's not even blame because, of course, Kawhi Leonard is injured. They should be playing better than this even without Kawhi Leonard. 
It just doesn't seem like they have that cohesion yet that they had at the end of last year. Well, they beat Dallas in the playoffs, and they beat Utah without Kawhi, and then they took the Phoenix Suns to six games. A lot of people think they didn't have a chance. They didn't have a chance against Utah. Once Kawhi got went down, most NBA pundits, was they, they, they wrote the Clippers off, saying that they, they, they won't do anything without Kawhi. And then they proved everyone wrong by winning that Utah series and then giving Phoenix pretty much all that they can handle. So the Clippers, as of right now, they haven't found that, that magic yet. And again, I keep emphasizing yet because I, I really seriously think that they will. You know, they will find that magic formula that they, they had going for them at the end of last year. And looking at the upcoming schedule, they have four games at home coming up. The first one Friday against the Detroit Pistons. Hopefully there won't be a dust-up in that particular game by the Clippers and the uh, Detroit Pistons. But that's a game that they definitely should win. You know, don't, don't, go, don't go to Staples Center and lose to the Detroit Pistons. Nothing against my folks from Detroit. You guys know I'm from the Motor City. But pretty much the Pistons suck. Other than Jeremy Grant and number one overall pick, K. Cunningham, the Pistons are not that good. You should beat them. Now the game that everyone is going to be looking forward to, of course, is Sunday, November 28th against the Golden State Warriors, who are playing the best basketball in the NBA. And from what I just read yesterday, Klay Thompson is now participating in full practice sessions for Golden State. That does not mean that he's ready to come back like in the next few days or next two weeks or anything like that. But he will be back within the next, say, 30 days. And if he's the Clay Thompson of old, look out Western Conference. Look out Western Conference. You know me, I'm still holding hope that both of our L.A. teams will reach the Western Conference Finals. But I tell you what, I tell you what, folks, if that Golden State Warrior team gets Clay Thompson back and then get a healthy James Wiseman doing, you know, Wiseman-type things, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. Now, moving on in that homestand, they have New Orleans Pelicans so they can get a little bit of revenge against New Orleans. Do not lose against New Orleans at the Staples Center. Clippers, do not do that. That game is Monday, November 29th. And then lastly, uh, Wednesday, December 1st, they play the Sacramento Kings. So the, the, out of those four games, they should win three of them, three out of four. In Golden State at home, you know, can they beat Golden State at home? Sure, they can. Golden State's only lost, I want to say, only two games. I think they were 12-2 and two or something like that. I don't have that schedule in front of me, but they only lost two, maybe three games at the most. So they are playing some outstanding basketball, and it's going to be really tough to beat them. But it can happen. Nobody thought the Clippers would lose to the New Orleans Pelicans, even in New Orleans. So it's definitely, definitely possible to beat them. I am, I am definitely looking forward to that game. That's going to be up and down, high scoring, Steph Curry doing his thing, and uh, Draymond Green out there antagonizing folks, and you know, uh, the up-and-comer Jordan Poole you know, doing his thing, and Andrew Wiggins, who's another guy that I just – he's not one of my favorite, favorite players, but you know, he's making me look bad by doing his thing with, uh, with the Golden State Warriors. So – that's the game that I'm really, really looking forward to. So, Clippers fans, again, they're 10 and 8, third in the Pacific Division. Not too much worried about it. It's only 18 games. So, what was we at? About 25% of the season 
or close to 25% of the season completed. You know, we're at the uh, right around here Thanksgiving. By the way, tomorrow Thanksgiving, we're going to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And um, pray for traveling grace and mercy if you're going out of town, visiting family, either by train, plane, bus, however you're getting there. Just wish everyone and pray for everyone to uh, have some safe travels. Just want to throw that out there. But again, Clippers fans, 10 and 8, third in the Pacific Division. Not worried about it too much. If they can get back to those winning ways when they won seven games in a row at the start of November when they were playing excellent basketball. They were playing excellent basketball. And it wasn't like they was playing, you know, really, really bad teams. Well, Minnesota was, you know, I don't know if you consider them a bad team or not, but they got some very, very good, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and, um, and the kid from Georgia. And, you know, they beat Charlotte. They beat Portland, who's not bad. They beat Miami. And they beat Minnesota again. Beat Minnesota three times, though, in that in that seven-game winning streak there. But they were playing very, very good basketball during that stretch. And then the loss to Chicago on November 14th, they lost 190. That's when the Clippers started, say, sliding a little bit. So they're going to have to turn that around. And, and, and no better team to start that off, that turnaround with. And that's against the Detroit Pistons on Friday, November the 26th. So that is my take on the L.A. Clippers. And uh, before I get to my second segment and just um, do a preview on the upcoming Laker and Indiana game tonight, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. It doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a death deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest, basketball, football, UFC, you name it. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, all right, all right, L.A. basketball fans. Again, this is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Corsat Podcast, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com, our sponsor of which you just heard a promo. 
If you guys want to sign up for DraftKings.com, make sure you go there and put in promo code TBPN. Sign up and start placing your bets right now. As a matter of fact, you can bet on this Laker and Pacer game that's coming up tonight, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time against the Pacers. Before I just preview that game really quickly, just want to uh, touch on that. I call it the dust-up in Detroit where, of course, LeBron James got into the scuffle with Isaiah Stewart of the Detroit Pistons. This is really interesting, of course. Um, you know, Detroit's my hometown. I'm an L.A. guy, but Detroit is my hometown. So I know a lot about the Detroit Pistons. I know about this kid, Isaiah Stewart. And this is not this is not your, what I've been hearing, your quote-unquote thug type guy. Isaiah Stewart's a young guy. He's just a tough guy. He rebounds. He plays tough defense. You know, his scoring is, is, is only average. He's coming around with that. But he's pretty much a defender and a rebounder and a really, really tough guy. He's not a dirty basketball player. And neither is LeBron James, of course. He's not dirty as well. That dust up, I really do think that LeBron accidentally, accidentally hit Stewart in the face. And I really do think that LeBron was going over to apologize for that or at least to see if he's okay. I don't know if he was going to on the court say, hey, man, I'm sorry for for accidentally knocking you in the face. But I think LeBron was generally concerned because he knows the damage that he did. LeBron's, of course, a very, very strong guy. And I was watching a game last night where and then on the set you had Shaq, Kenny the Jet Smith. Uh, Reggie Miller said a few re- uh, words about it, and I believe, you know, Charles Barkley, you know, all those guys. And Shaq said, look, if that happened to him, he would have done the same thing Isaiah Stewart did, and that was go after LeBron. Now, whether it was at the moment, because Kenny Jet Smith, uh, he said, well, why did Isaiah Stewart wait a few moments before he went after him? Isaiah Stewart kind of walked away for a minute, and then he went after him. Now, Reggie Miller said the reason why he did that is because he tasted blood. He didn't taste the blood at first, but once he tasted blood, he turned around and he went after James. Now, of course, the teammates are not going to let anything happen to LeBron James. Hell, the referees are not going to let anything happen to LeBron. But that young kid, Stewart, man, he wanted a piece of LeBron James. There was no question about that. It was funny. Some of the fans that was piling out of uh, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit they were interviewing them on the news, and they were saying, hey, LeBron James was about to get a Detroit ass whipping. So I don't know about all that. I would have been, it may have been nice just to see him get into a little uh, hockey-type scuffle. But, of course, that's not going to happen in the NBA. They're going to break that up uh, before it starts. But, you know, uh, Stewart got two games, and LeBron James got only one. There was some controversy behind that. Stewart probably got – you know, the extra game because he he went after LeBron like maybe three different times. And, I mean, that kid was mad. Dude, that, that kid was upset big time. He even went in the tunnel and looked like he was running, like he was about to run on the other side of the arena to the Lakers locker room or something like that. And Shaq said, hey, if that's what he decided to do, then that's what he decided to do. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when they play the Pistons again Sunday, November 28th at the Staples Center. Is LeBron James going to play in that game? I'm pretty sure he will. It's not a back-to-back. I'm going to talk about the Lakers' upcoming schedule in a second, but it's not like it's a back-to-back game. So let's hope if they if they play, cooler heads prevail, and there's no more dust-ups, and they can both get over it. I believe Stewart had to have like eight stitches 
for that gash that I believe was over his eye. I mean, he, he was a bloody mess. He, he looked like he was in a 12-round 12, 12 heavyweight boxing match. But getting back to the Lakers' play on the court, they have not been playing well, of course. They are losers of four out of their last five games. The only win was that win at the uh, Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, where they won 121-116, to led by Anthony Davis with 30 points. And uh, I'm thinking now that Laker fans, Laker Nation, Lake Show, can you stop with the Anthony Davis uh, negativity? Get his big ass. He needs to get his big ass in the paint. Stop shooting from outside. Anthony Davis is not a sole inside player. He's not that. He's not going to be in the paint on every single possession. He doesn't play like he doesn't even play like Joel Embiid, who even shoots outside shots. You know, he, he's not like a let's say Zubac from the Clippers. Now that that's a that's a five because he plays in the paint probably 80, 90 percent of the time. He's in the paint. You're not going to see Anthony Davis in the paint 90 percent of the time. He can play on the block. He can run the break. You know, Anthony Davis can, you know, he can receive alley-oops. You know, he can shoot turnaround jumpers from the baseline. The guy has a well-rounded game, and I, I just don't understand some of the vitriol that he gets from Laker fans. It seems like, boy, how soon we forget. How soon we forget. I mean, I didn't hear all of this stuff when they were winning that championship in the bubble. And, you know, when LeBron James went down last year, well, Anthony Davis kind of went down too, but when LeBron was out and Davis was playing, he was leading the Lakers. So I don't get it with Anthony Davis, but, hey, that's why they call us fans, right? We're fanatics. Everybody has their opinions, and that's okay. But I, I tend to differ with some Laker fans who think Anthony Davis is just – I don't know what they think. You know, don't pigeonhole this guy at a four or a five. It all depends on the matchups. If, if, if it's a, a smaller player that's playing against him, then, yeah, okay, he can get his ass on, in, in the paint or down low on the block. Okay, if it's a big fella that's just as strong as he is or stronger, Anthony Davis is not going to dominate a player like that in the post. He can take that player outside and shoot, you know, the turnaround jumpers from the baseline. And, yes, Anthony Davis can hit the occasional three. Keep players honest and hit the occasional three-point shot. So he can do that. But overall, again, Lakers loses of the last four out of five. They lost against the New York Knicks without LeBron James, 106-100. to uh, Westbrook had a triple-double, scoring 31 points, but it was not enough to beat the Knicks without LeBron James playing. So now the next game that they have is against the Indiana Pacers tonight. And I tell you what, Lakers, you know, don't take this team lightly either. Don't take the uh, Pacers lightly. They will beat you. Okay, they will beat you. They're only eight out of 11 or eight and 11 on the season, but they did beat the Chicago Bulls just this past Monday, 109-77. And, yes, they had their big three playing. Zach Levine played, DeMar DeRozan played, and um, Lonzo Ball played. They all played, and they lost at – or Chicago, I'm sorry, lost to Indiana in the United Center in Chicago. They, you know, they got a couple of players that's pretty good. You know, that's a bonus kid can play. You know, so that, that team can beat you. Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon's on that squad. They can definitely play. So, you know, don't go in there, Laker fans, just, you know, thinking, again, that you're just going to roll out the basketballs and these teams are going to lay down on you and succumb to your, you know, five future Hall of Famers. That's just not, not going to happen, especially when you're not playing well. 
You know, the Lakers are only nine and ten, and they're fourth in the Pacific Division. Not playing very well right now. They're still trying to figure things out. In my next episode, I'll talk about uh, uh, you know trade rumors out there. Hell, I throw them out there myself. Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. Would you do it? I tell you what, I'm not a huge Ben Simmons fan. Just like I'm not a huge Andrew Wiggins fan, I'm not a huge Ben Simmons fan either. I don't like the way he's been handling things, but I tell you what, if, what if he played for the Lakers? You wouldn't have to worry about him shooting, that's for sure. You would get your defense. You would get your rebounding. You would get your facilitating. But you wouldn't have to worry about any three-point bricks being shot up there like Westbrook throws up there sometimes. You don't have to worry about that with Ben Simmons. So all the Lakers, the Lakers have enough scoring without Westbrook. But that's, that's something that's kind of – uh, down the line. I don't know if Palinka would pull off a trade like that or if the Lakers are even thinking about doing something like that. I know that Ben Simmons would like to play for the Lakers. He's already said that. But, you know, maybe it's a pipe dream. I don't know. But in the meantime, hey, you have Russell Westbrook is here. Frank Vogel, you're going to have to figure that out. It's just all it is to it. You have to figure out how that's going to work with Westbrook and LeBron on the floor at the same time. I believe they've only played like eight games together or something like that. So they'll have to figure that out. But as far as the night goes against the Indiana Pacers uh, at Indiana with LeBron James coming back, I do expect the Lakers to win that particular basketball game. Now, you know, am I going to put some – am I going to go to DraftKings.com and put in promo code TBPN and bet some money on the Lakers? The way that they're playing right now, I don't think I'm going to do that. But I really think they're going to bounce back and then they're going to beat Indiana tonight. And then after that, you have the Sacramento Kings at the Staples Center. You have that rematch against the Detroit Pistons, as I mentioned, on Sunday, November 28th. That should be interesting to see what happens there. And then you go to Sacramento. And then, voila, on December 3rd, you have the big one, the Lakers against the Clippers, the Clip Joint, Clipper Nation against Laker Nation on Friday, December 3rd. Of course, that's going to be a huge basketball game in the city of Los Angeles. So with that, L.A. sports fans, you Clippers fans and you Lakers fans, I'm going to leave it right there. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate all your support. If you don't want to miss any further episodes of L.A. Corsat Podcast, wherever your platform you use to get your podcast from, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, wherever platform that you use, you can find L.A. Courtside Podcast there. And again, until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, everyone have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Peace.